Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And if you'd like to know more about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, you know, last week uh, was the 1st of March, and I should have been speaking with Kim Kilpatrick from Ottawa, who helps us with our monthly segment on technology called Get Together with Kim. However, I didn't, and when I did think of it, it was too late to make an appointment with her for an interview, but we have it this month, we have it this week, and uh, better late than never, I guess. So this time, we're going to be talking about earbuds, headphones, earphones, and uh, any uh, any other uh, way of listening <laughs> to whatever you want to hear on your uh, computer, iPad, iPhone, iPod, whatever. So here's our chat about earphones. Well, good morning there, Kim Kilpatrick. How are you this morning? And welcome morning to the program. Good morning to you. We're all in a COVID time where we forget what day it is and what month it is and everything, right? Yes, I know. I don't know how I forgot. And I did too, actually. <laughs> I, I forgot too. I seem to be in this mode where I don't remember what month it is, what day it is, any of that kind of I've even had to check with my Google Home. Um, device as to uh, what day it is. Isn't that ridiculous? Well, I think, I think, I, I don't know if this is, this is why, but I sort of feel that it's because we aren't doing things on certain days. Yeah. When we would go out, when you would know this is the day I have whatever, and, yeah. and you're not doing that anymore. Right. And so, like, I find they all mush together. Even the weekend day, sometimes I think, is it the weekend or is it the weekday? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. So, we're going to talk about earphones today, and, and I'm looking forward to this because the only thing I really know about headphones or earphones, whatever you want to call them, is that I'm never really satisfied with the ear bud that comes when you buy a new phone. So um, uh, tell tell us all about uh, headphones or, or earphones, Kim. And, well, there seem to be a <coughs> different kinds of, of things you can get. And I guess it's really everyone has their own personal preferences about these things. But, for example, so the earbuds or whatever they call that you get with your phone, they kind of stick in your ears a little bit, but they don't really jam into your ears. So there are some earbuds you can buy that almost feel like those earplugs you, you put in when you sleep, if you, you know, if you think 
you wake up by noise or whatever. Oh, yeah. I never wear anything like that because yeah. I need to be able to hear things. I feel like what yeah. if something happened or what if my dog, you know, needed to go out or what if something this and that. So I don't like having those type of earbuds that are like almost like earplugs stuck in my ears. I hate that. Yeah, me too. But I know blind people who like that. Like I know people who like that. So um, there are the kind that kind of sit on your ears, like you mentioned, the ones you might get with a phone, but then there are the kind that kind of stick in your ears, and, and the end of it feels kind of like one of those earplugs. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of earbuds, and they can stick in your ears like that. And they have wired ones, so ones that, you know, plug into your phone or your device or your, your Victor stream, and then they have ones that are Bluetooth if that device so Bluetooth means that there's no wires between what you're wearing in your ears and your device. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can have pros and cons, too. So if you get one that's Bluetooth, um, it means that you don't have wires sticking out everywhere. And, you know, sometimes when you pull the wire out by mistake or you pull your phone wire gets caught on something and, you know, or you can't get further away. Say your phone is charging or your or your computer is charging or your device is charging and you want to leave it there but you, you want to go do dishes or something, you can use Bluetooth, you know, you can walk away a little bit. I mean, you couldn't be far, far, far away, but you can move away from that. So, um, so there's both wired and Bluetooth earbuds. And then there's different kinds of other things now. So there's headphones that go uh, over your ears, almost like fit all the way around your ears like a, like a cup, you know, oh, like yeah. they, they go all the way over your ears. Um, and they've had those for a long time. Uh, they often use those in, I don't know, in your radio studio. Those would be the kinds they would use, like in the radio studio when I was going in there a radio show, they would use those kind of headphones to put over your ears so you can really hear uh-huh. and block out some of the noise. Yeah. But I find for me, because I'm totally blind, I don't like those either, particularly because I, I want to hear if someone comes into the room behind me, I want to know, you know what's happening. So in the radio studio, I would wear one on and one off. Like I would have one ear not under the headphone and the other one on. I've done that, but, I mean, too. I did, I did have to be able to hear our guests if in the board, you know, they were connected to the soundboard, so you had to be able to hear things. But I would leave one ear kind of free so that I could also hear if someone came in or, you know, if something else happened mm-hmm. behind me. So that's why I've never really loved uh, those big bulky ones on your head, unless I wore one ear on and one ear off. And, and then I don't mind. But I wouldn't walk around with them on like that because, you know, that, that doesn't help us. No. Either. Do, do so they have, they a have those kind. And, then, and some of those have, and they can be wired or Bluetooth as well. And some of them have noise canceling, which means, I don't know quite how they do it. I think they produce some kind of phone which cancels out other background noise. And, and the, I have a pair of headphones that has it, but I, I turn it off. 
it's a switch and, and I just leave it off. Mm-hmm. I guess if I was on an airplane or a loud bus, I might turn it on because that way you don't have to turn up your audio book or your music or something too loud right. because it's cancelling the background noise. So I might do it in that situation. But even in that situation, Devin, it makes me worried in case something happened or say you were on a plane or a via train or something and someone came and asked if you wanted any food or a drink or something. Yes. You wouldn't even know that because you've got your your headphones over your head so and they might not tap you on the shoulder and you can't see that they're there. So, again, I still don't really love uh, any kind of that kind of stuff because... I like to know what's happening around me. Um, but you can get noise-canceling ones, and you can get uh, Bluetooth and wireless ones. Do, does they have a microphone with them? Some do. Most do. Most of the modern ones have a mic sort of built in. Yeah, okay. And I know mine has a mic, but I, I could never feel it. Mm-hmm. So I got someone cited to look on the box. I got them for Christmas this past year. Uh-huh. I got someone to look on the box to tell me where the microphone was, and they told me, and I, and I felt the ear cup. It was on one of the ear cups, kind oh. of at the front. Really? And I felt it, and I, I couldn't find anything, so I would not have known that. Right. Um, so often those ones, like the, the, the newer Bluetooth ones with the, with the microphones, mine anyway uh, had, they have a... Um, on the thing that goes over your ears, they had a power button which you hold in and then it beeps and it says power on and whatever. It, oh. it would say that. And then on the other ear, it had kind of a long button that in the middle is play pause and then the side it is like volume up and volume down kind of. Oh, yeah. Awkward. And you could kind of feel that. But I think some of them now, you can't divide. I... I, I asked for it for Christmas, and I and was my mom who gave it to me, and she said, I said, make sure when you buy them that you can feel the buttons, because I think there's some now that you can't, like might be almost like a touch, touch surface or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure, but I just said make sure, you know, you can feel the, the buttons are really clear to feel them. Yeah. So that's what I did get. Um, and so then... There's a whole other set of things nowadays, which are called uh, bone conduction. Um, I don't know if they're called headphones, but the most uh, common name is the aftershock. So A F T E R S H O K Z. They're the ones that have been around the longest. A lot of runners and people use these. They fit. On your jaw, kind of just in front of your ear, the little um, receptors, or I don't know what you call them, they sit there. And so the, they conduct, I don't understand, but into the bones of your head. So they kind of bypass your outer ear and go into the, the, mm-hmm. the middle ear or inner ear. And the benefit of those is you can still hear, totally hear what's going on around you at the same time. So if you wear uh, aftershocks, you can you can hear, you can hear, and you can move around at the same time. Um, I had a pair of them, and I actually found, and this this 
this may not be the case anymore, I don't know, um, that they hurt my face. You know, because it kind oh, yeah. of vibrates your jaws. Yeah. And so I, I just didn't feel, I felt uncomfortable with them on, mm-hmm. um, on my face. But I think they are really good, especially for navigational things. If you're outside and you're, um, you know, you're walking around and you need to hear, say, a GPS app or something like that. Yeah. They would be better than, you know, obviously than having headphones in. And a lot of blind people keep one earbud in and one out. Oh, yes. So they'll, they'll, you know, they'll have one side in and they can hear, you know, their GPS or if it's telling you this is, if you're sitting on the bus and you need to know where your stop is or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but the aftershocks and the bone conduction devices would be really good for that. And some people don't have any problem wearing them. I just felt, I just got pain in my face and I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. Um, the other thing that are around now, and it started with bows, which are pretty expensive. They have something called the frames, which are a set of sunglasses where the speakers are in the arms of those. Oh, yeah. And... They're pretty expensive, the frames, but just this week at a, a book club meeting we had, one of the participants said she bought on Amazon uh, a similar device to them that cost about $50, and uh, I can send you the link, Devin. I don't know. It was a, a knockoff to the Vogue frame. Uh-huh. So the glasses were quite comfortable. The sound only came out of one one, one of the arms, one of the glasses oh, arms. Okay. And, but that's fine if you're just, um, like she said, she was using it for getting around. Well, she actually said she was reading our book club book when she had them on outside. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, so um, that is another option. So it's, they're not quite bone conduction, but it's almost like the speakers are in the side of the arm so that, you're hearing the speaker with your ear, but nothing is in your ear. And again, that means that you can also kind of hear things around you. And a yeah. lot of blind people wear um, glasses anyway, so you know a lot of a lot of people would say, "Well, that would kill two birds with one stone," because I have to wear sunglasses outside, you know, because I'm mite sensitive or whatever reason. Yeah. And if I had a little bit of sound coming out of these this earpiece, then, you know, that that helps. Yeah. So that's another option now, and I think more devices will get to be like that, almost like wearables, you know what I mean? Like yes. Because um, I've also heard of motorcyclists that have almost headphones built into their helmet. Oh, you know, really? And, and things like that. Like I've heard of, um, um, I think, pilots who might have that, too, built into their their helmet or their, you know, I don't know, their hat or something. Um, So the other really interesting thing when I was looking this up is sleep headphones. So I said, what in the world is that, sleep headphones? Um, Supposedly they're like a headband that you wear, and there's little speakers that go on either side of it so that at night, like if you're sleeping, you can... If you have to listen to things to go to sleep, like music or white noise or whatever, you can have these things on. I don't know much about them, but they, they're Bluetooth, so you don't have to worry about wires or wired or 
um, or things like that. Yeah. And the but the other thing too is there are Bluetooth earbuds, as I mentioned, the really small ones, like the AirPods or you know other things that are similar to that. You yeah. have to watch that if you're blind, though. I think because they are so small that if you drop one of those, like yes. who knows, right? Because I mean, you can uh, you can attach them to things and things like that, but that can also be um, that can also be something that uh, hard to do. And I know a lot of blind people use some sort of headphones, partly because. You know, well, now we're all working from home, but yeah. you're working in an office and you're using a screen reader. Like, you don't want everyone else, you know, to have to hear that or no. um, or even with your phone. Like, you don't want people hearing all your emails read out and whatever else. So I know that we are, like, as a community, quite passionate about, like you said right away, I hate those, you know, I hate those earbuds. I don't like them. Yeah. Um, so I think we get kind of passionate about what we like and what we don't like. Yes. And some things would be okay, like some of the things, the bone conduction and some of the, some of the, the, those things aren't as good for music. Like they don't have really high quality sound, but if you're just using it for your, your uh, navigation purposes or, um, you know, reading an audio book or listening to your screen reader, it's not bad for that. So, you know, some people, of course, say, oh, well, I want to listen to music, so I'm going to get the highest, uh, the most expensive, yeah. you know, kind of headphones. Um, so there's, there's so many different choices and so many different um, uses for them. And I think that, I don't know, maybe at some point that'll plateau. I also knew someone, and I've never done this myself, and I don't know if you have, that didn't like any headphones at all, at all. Mm -hmm. And when they were out, they bought a little speaker, like a tiny little speaker that they either clipped on their jacket or I don't know. Oh, yes. They were listening to their GPS just with the speaker on them, on their coat. Or oh, yes, like the uh, speakers that come with the... Um Oh, uh, the uh, GPS. Yeah. Uh, the uh, what do you call it? Isn't it ridiculous? Yeah, the old, the old Trek. The Trek was yeah. a speaker like that. That's and what I have. Some people like that. I I haven't I haven't done that. Yeah. Um, but I know some people prefer that because then both of their ears are clear and free, and we use our ears so much for navigation and for travel that. Um, I actually don't prefer to have my GPS yammering on when I'm moving around. I rather check things before I leave and check it if I have to, but I don't tend to leave it on because I I like to have my ears uh, free for yes for all the reasons why we yeah. need them free. Um, yeah. So, but I do know. I mean, there are people who definitely wear them a lot outside and 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 try you know, listen to their GPS or even listen to other things while they're moving around, which I don't, I don't do that. No. Um, myself, but uh, just be safe, though, if you are doing that and, and either just one or, you know, something, something
something where you can still hear a bit would be preferable, I think, in a, in a general way. Yeah, especially if you're standing at a street corner and uh, supposedly listening to the direction of the traffic. You'd really have to be careful uh, in that situation. Well, I even find in the house, like if I put headphones on, these headphones I have now, and uh, I walk around, like say, say I have them on listening to a book or listening to music or something, yeah. maybe a podcast, and then I I just go even to get a drink of water or I, and I keep it on, like I have it, you know, on one ear, yeah. you know, kind of off. Even in my house that I know really well, like I can, I can bump into the wall or something, which I, I yes. normally would never do. Yeah, it kind of cuts down on what they call yeah. facial vision, doesn't it? I kind of misjudge distances or something. Like yes. I, I, I can't explain it except to say that it's weird. Like it's not, yeah. it's not comfortable for me. I don't feel, um, I don't feel good when moving around in space. Yes. My ears blocked, totally blocked. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I tend not to, I tend to wear, like I said, one, one on, one off or nothing or, you know, something that's only when I'm sitting still and, you know, yeah. those kind of things. So, yeah. but it's, it's, everyone has, there's lots of options and it's, the good thing is there's lots of, um, there's a big price range, right? Oh, price range, yeah. Find things relatively inexpensively that might not last quite as long, but if you're just using it for your GPS and your, um, you know, your, um, or your screen reader yeah. or the odd thing, uh, you can, you can definitely find something that works. I do have <laughs> one question. Suppose you have a set of Bluetooth, like a, a Bluetooth headset. Um, can you pair it? With more than one device, uh, you can, yes, but I think I don't know if you can switch between devices. So you could pair it. Like I have mine paired with my computer and my phone, but when I want to change over, I have to go into the like the setting on my computer, the Bluetooth, and say, like, I don't have to pair it again, but I have to say, connect to this, right? So oh. I haven't seen one. You know how there's, there's keyboards where you could pair it with three things and you just press a button and it goes to the other one? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you can do that. But, yes, you can You can pair it with all of your things. Yeah. Um, the other thing about some of the Bluetooth headphones and the ones I did get, they came with a, wi- a wire, too, to plug it in. So for the Victor screen, that's handy because it doesn't have Bluetooth. So um, when I would use it with the screen, I I would just plug it in the wire from the oh. earpiece, so it looks like a normal set of headphones. Yeah. But then you can't use the buttons on the side of the ears. You just have to use the buttons like on the screen to oh. play it. But usually those kind of Bluetooth headphones also come with that wire. Yeah, it wouldn't plug into the newer iPhones because they don't have that jack, but it would plug into your computer if it has that jack, and it would plug into your um, your stream. So that could be good. And then you could just leave the Bluetooth pairing for 
you know, your phone or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now the, as soon as you plug it in, it works. You don't have to, you don't, I don't, you don't have to turn it on or anything. It just kind of works then. Okay. Or maybe you have to turn it on. I can't remember. I think you might have to turn it on, but you don't, it's pretty easy. Like, it just connects if you plug that wire in. So that, that's good. And now this wire that you're talking about, does it have a, a USB jack at the end of it? No, it's the 3.5 jack, so it's the kind of the jack that goes oh, yeah. on your uh, on your uh, Victor stream. Uh-huh. And then at the other end, it feels like a similar jack that just plugs into underneath the ear cup of that of okay. the headphone. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, they can range in... In price, quite uh, a bit, probably. So. Oh yeah, yes. like I, I found some. There was someone, you know, and well, Amazon has them all ranging up from different, you know, twenty dollars, thirty dollars to, I don't know. Like I saw some that were, I don't even remember what they were. Like eight hundred or something. Oh wow! I don't wow. think anyone would. Well, maybe if you were producing music or something, maybe there'd be a reason to buy um, buy those. Yes. And the aftershocks, I saw some aftershocks. Uh, some of the access tech companies sell them, but I did see them ranging from about seventy dollars to I don't know. They were like a hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. Yeah. Um. The glasses, the ones that that lady sent me from Amazon were like $59, but the, they go up to, to I, I don't remember what the highest ones for those. So they're in the real range in all of these things. Mm-hmm. I think if you get the really cheapest, like one time I got excited because I saw it said on Amazon they were like Apple earbuds for $3. Oh, my. Like, Whoa. And, <laughs> and they were not, they were some knockoff. One and they only work for about five minutes and then they oh no so, so you don't really want to buy that kind of thing that costs no. like if a set of headphones costs five dollars they're probably not worth it yeah I, yeah that's right yeah but I I um I think if you pay you know thirty thirty dollars or you know something like that or if there's a big sale on them you know sometimes they'll have a big sale like down from this so. Also, Best Buy has a lot, and, you know, Staples has a lot, and so all of those places. Uh, Costco, I think. I really? Think mm-hmm. My mom got mine at Costco. That's, you know, all of those places have a lot of these things. Yeah. And they will go on sale, so right. you can kind of check around to see. Um, but, yeah, it's, they're, they're an important part of what we what we need as, as blind people, but they're also... So controversial in a lot of ways in terms of what everybody uh, likes and and wants in a in a in listening. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. You've given us a good uh, <clears throat> talk on uh, earphones and earbuds and headphones and and all of There's that. Sort more of than stuff. than I thought when I kind of looked at it too. I didn't know about these sleep sleep phones and whatever. <laughs> Like, you know, there's some things I found out, and I, I, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're very welcome. 
Okay, and uh, we'll be in touch uh, in uh, April, I guess. Yeah, well, happy spring. It, it, it's minus uh, 20 something with the wind chill here, so it doesn't uh. feel like March to me, but. Uh, no. Yeah, it'll be coming up soon. Yep, that's right. And uh, between now and April, if our listeners have any uh, topic that uh, you'd like us to talk about, let me know. Absolutely. And if someone else has had luck with certain type of headphones, you know, um, that would be great to know. Yeah. Because sometimes there's uh, less expensive ones than some of the brand names that are that are great and people are using very uh, happily, you know. So, so anything like that, if anyone has ideas or, or things you're using that are really working well too, that's always good, good to know. Terrific. All right. Well, um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk to you. Gee, you know uh, that Monday after the the first Monday of uh, April, I think is Easter Monday, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'll have to be calling you a little bit early to because uh, I'll still be doing a, a um, show for Good Friday. Uh, yeah. So. I wonder if we, uh, I don't know anything about Easter egg hunt technology, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we'll have a conversation before before Easter. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, they have a GPS uh, setting that you can, uh, that will help you search for Easter eggs or something. Well, there used to be something in the U.S. where they had these eggs that beat or something. Really? Find people and. <laughs> They would they would hide them. I don't know. I, I mean, we we didn't have that. No. No. We we had a we had a braille um, sort of scavenger hunt thing, so I didn't have to crawl around looking for individual eggs. Oh, okay. We had clues and stuff like that. So that was how that was how we did it. But oh, that's neat. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again, Kim. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Would you believe that that is the 16th segment that we've done with Kim Kilpatrick? She is a program coordinator for Get Together with Technology, with, uh, which is uh, a uh, wing of the uh, CCB, Canadian Council of the Blind. But uh, she always has uh, a whole lot to pass along to us. It doesn't seem to matter what subject we talk about. And uh, it's uh, fun to chat with her every month because we know we're going to get a whole lot of information. Just recently, in, pa- in fact, uh, on th- this past Thursday, we got information that funding for library services is going to be cut. Um, and uh, to chat with us and tell us all about it is uh, Karen McKay, uh, w- who is with CELA, the um, Center for Equality of uh, Library Access. I think I've got that right. I'm sure I do. Anyway, uh, she's going to tell us 
what that's about, and she's going to talk about the advocacy campaign that is uh, well underway now and uh, what you can do to help. Well, thanks very much for agreeing to come on the program with us, Karen. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So before we get into the uh, advocacy campaign that you're spearheading, uh, maybe I could get a little bit of uh, a backgrounder from you for our listeners. Uh, how long has the federal government been, uh, how long has it been that they've been providing uh, funds to uh, both SELA and uh, NELS? Well, um, as you may know, SELA used to be underneath the CNIB, and so the federal government was providing funding to accessible library services through the CNIB for, for years. And just in the last couple of years, um, they've been providing it directly to SELA and to NELS. So each year the federal government provides $4 million to support accessible book production. Three million of that goes to SELA and a million of that goes to NELS. And I believe that's been in place for about four years now, if I'm correct, that amount of money. Okay. We were thrilled when it came to us, but now we're, we're quite devastated that it's, it's being withdrawn. Yes, that's terrible. Now, also for the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us the difference between SELA and NELS? So we offer similar services, although our focus is a little bit different and our governance model is a little bit different, which doesn't really matter to the end user. Um, but we both provide accessible materials to people with print disabilities. Um, the SELA collection is about 800,000 titles, and uh, we provide materials in both digital formats and also in physical formats, so audio CDs and um, physical Braille. Uh, I believe NELS just provides materials in digital format, and their collections are a bit smaller than ours. Um, they focus mainly on serving patrons in BC, although they do have services across the country. Um, and in, for, for SELA, we also provide services across the country, but we have a, a larger presence in um, other provinces as well. So basically, we are, we're fully national, and um, we provide services to more than 2,000 libraries across the country. Wow, that's great. Plus uh, direct uh, service to consumers. Absolutely, yes. yes. We have um, about 25,000 patrons um, at last count. So really there's a lot of folks that are going to be affected by these cuts. Yes. And when did you learn about the cuts? Well, it was in the fall economic statement, which was released late last year, the announcement was somewhat buried. I think it was on page 182 of a, you know, 300-page document. Oh, dear. Um, and it was um, in December. So we've been having conversations with the federal government, uh, our counterparts there, just to try and make sure that um, they were aware of the impact of their cuts, and we've been doing some lobbying with them. Um, but we really sort of, it came to the realization in the last week or two that we were not making the headway that we need to make on behalf of our, our users and our patrons. And so that's why we've turned to a, a public advocacy campaign. Yes, okay. And uh, what kind of cuts are, are going to be taking place? Well, the government announced in the fall economic statement that they are going to be reducing the $4 million down by a $1 million each year for the next 
four years until it is essentially eliminated in 2025. So the impact for um, CELA is that our budget will be cut by $750,000 beginning this coming fiscal year, which starts April 1st. Uh, and for now, they'll be um, experiencing a $250,000 budget decline. And then those will um, continue for the next four years until there's no federal funding for accessible book production. Oh, my goodness. So that will affect um, the, the, uh, uh, the wide variety of, of books that you have uh, been making available to consumers thus far, won't it? It will. So CELA uses this uh, funding specifically for accessible book production. Um, and what that means is that we use the funds to, for example, record new audiobooks and to do the back-end file manipulation to get materials made into an accessible format. Uh, we also use the funding to actually distribute the books to our users. So um, when you receive or if you receive an audio CD or a Braille book from us, that's um, funded by this federal funding. So there will be a direct impact to our users, not only in terms of the breadth and the depth of the materials in our collection and how timely it is, but also actually receiving the books in physical form. Mm -hmm. Did the federal government give any particular reason why they're doing this? No, not not publicly. Um, we suspect that they um, may be considering that this is a provincial jurisdiction. Libraries fall under provincial jurisdiction. But the distinction is we're not actually doing uh, – these funds are not actually being used by Sula and Nels for library services. They're actually being used for accessible book production, which is a federal responsibility. Um, and the federal government, uh, as you probably know, signed the Marrakesh Treaty, which allows for countries to exchange a variety of, of um, materials under different copyright laws for people who have print disabilities. They were very excited to announce that they had signed the treaty, and they you know, made a number of declarations about how important accessible materials are. So uh, to be honest, we're kind of scratching our head a little bit as mm -hmm. why they're making this decision, especially right now in, during COVID. Oh, yes, because uh, people, have you noticed that, uh, that the reading that people have been doing has increased during COVID? We have. We've certainly seen it in, in our numbers. We've heard from patrons anecdotally that they are really appreciating having uh, materials to, to read and that we've been, um, you know, trying to expand our collection to make sure that there's lots of new materials for people to access. Um, and we've just seen generally in the, in the news and in the general public that people are really turning to books, especially, you know, for entertainment. Um, we know that books are really important for academic and economic success, but we also know that they're really important for social inclusion. I was just speaking to one of our patrons yesterday who was talking about um, a book club that she's running, and she said she had to cap it at 20 people, that people are loving the opportunity to, to read and discuss books. It's a, it's a highlight of their week. Um, it's a social interaction that they otherwise may not get. It keeps them thinking about things that are not necessarily COVID-related, which I think is important for our mental health generally. Yes. And, yeah, we've actually absolutely seen um, people really talking about how important these books are to their lives these days. So now I understand that you're going to, uh, you're conducting an advocacy campaign. Uh, what does that involve? Well, there's sort of three prongs to that. So 
Um, one is exactly this, getting the message out through different media channels to let people know that these cuts are expected and that they really need to be re reversed. And what we're hoping is that our users, our patrons, their supporters will write letters and contact their MPs and let them know how important accessible book production is um, for the health and well-being of you know, more than one in ten Canadians who have print disabilities. Mm -hmm. So that's one piece. We're launching a social media campaign to support that with messaging about why books are so important, accessible books in particular. Um, and we're putting up some information on our website so that people are able to find their MPs, for example. We have some template letters so that they can, um, they don't have to write a letter from scratch. They can use the, the words that we've put together, but they're always welcome to, you know, add their own comments in there. Um, and they, we've been doing some behind-the-scenes lobbying with different MPs and with the government um, trying to impress on them the importance of accessible book production. So it's really kind of a four-pronged approach, um, but we're turning it public as of today. Uh, we need to get this message out. The budget's due to come down at the end of the month. Right now they're expecting probably the 22nd of March. So we really only have about two weeks to make our case to get this decision reversed. Yeah. Yeah, you're asking people across Canada to, to do this. And... Um, do we do we send copies of our letters to you so you have some idea of how much advocate advocacy is being done or well you're welcome to we'd love to see what you're sending but it's not necessary if you'd rather keep those communications private um you, you know what's important is that the mps hear these messages loud and clear from the not only their constituents but also um, the people that support them. So if you, you know, if you're supporting um, a young student who has learning disability and, you know, these accessible books, audio books are important to them in their learning, the MPs need to hear that. Likewise, if you're supporting, you know, an elderly relative by making sure that they've got lots of books loaded on their daisy player uh, and that they're able to stay entertained, uh, the MPs need to know that too. So we're hoping that not only our patrons but also the people who love and support them will be sending out these messages. Okay, and uh, so people, uh, we, we need to get busy and start writing uh, to yes, our MPs. Yes. Is there a particular minister that is in charge of, uh, of this funding? Yes, so there's two ministers that are key to these funding decisions. Uh, one of them is Minister Qualtrough, and the other is Minister Christia Freeland. And on our website, um, when you go to visit seala.library.ca, slash advocacy, you'll see contact information for both those ministers, and there's also a link to find your own MP if you don't have their contact information, um, and you can do that by searching either their name or using your postal code, so it's pretty easy to find the information that you need. Um, and if you are going to be sending a letter to either Carla Quantro or Christia Freeland or your own MP, you can send um, a physical mail free of charge to any MP. You don't need any postage. Right. Uh, but there's also information on the, the website for email addresses and phone numbers if you'd like to call them or if you'd like to email them. Okay. That's great. Well, uh, good luck with this campaign. My goodness, we really need to have that funding. We do. Thank you so much for your support and giving me an opportunity to let people know how important this is. Okay, you bet. And uh, let me know if there's anything more we can do. I appreciate the support. Thank you. On March 22nd, or during that week, if you've ever wondered what podcasts are all about, 
you'll certainly have the opportunity to check it all out. Because PIP, the Peterborough Independent Podcasters, will be putting on an audio craft festival. I spoke with Aisha Barmania, the managing director, who describes what is going to be taking place that week. Hi there, Aisha, and welcome back to the program. Hi, thanks for having me, Devin. So, first of all, before we get talking about the AudioCraft Festival, um, I mentioned that, or I will mention, that you're the uh, managing director, I think you said, of um, Peterborough Independent Podcasters. Have I got the title right? Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> could also call me the founder. Um, <laughs> right, yes. So, so can you tell me a little bit about PIP and what it's all about? Sure. So PIP is a not-for-profit that um, basically exists to help support local podcasters um, in the Peterborough area, but we also have some folks who are from across Ontario. Um, but basically we're a volunteer organization um, that helps to mentor, educate, um, and just overall answer any kind of questions that folks might have about podcasting and um, do some skill sharing and just what we can do to support folks. So we're a membership organization, so PIP has a membership of local podcasters, um, and you can find them all in our uh, creators directory if you're ever curious to find local podcasts. And, um, yeah, we also host podcasts. So some folks uh, have their podcasts hosted with us. Okay. That's in a nutshell. And where would people go if they wanted to check it out? Sure, that's uh, ptbopodcasters.ca. Okay, that's fairly uh, direct and straightforward. That <laughs> sounds good. So have you found that your activities have been somewhat less than what they used to be thanks to the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Um a lot of what we uh, of our activities before the pandemic were in-person workshops. Like we would do podcasting 101, or we'd go into different libraries or organizations and things, and just do kind of podcast uh, workshops for folks. Um, but obviously, since the pandemic has closed a lot of spaces, and um, we're all discouraged from you know gathering, um, that's curtailed a lot of that. So part of what we've been doing since last March is just figuring out how do we want to move. Uh, our operations online, and so we've kept up a lot of our mentorship um, just through email and um, office hours is a program we run where folks can drop in and ask questions. We've moved that stuff all online, but a lot of our educational activities have um, haven't been able to, haven't we haven't adapted yet to online uh, until we we started organizing this festival. Mm-hmm. So tell me what the festival is is all about. Sure. So it's the, the first time we're ever running it, but it's basically a, a skill-sharing series of events um, geared at hobbyists, um, enthusiasts, um, uh, some experts, some people who have been in the industry for a long time, uh, who are doing podcasting or community radio, uh, trying to get independent creators to share skills at whatever kind of level they're at. So we're, we're making this like a... Not, not necessarily um, a, a workshop series where you'll hear from experts, but you'll hear a lot of expertise from folks who are working in the area as hobbyists or as independent producers. 
Um, so we've got a lineup of uh, 10 presentations uh, happening the week of March 22nd, uh, and they're all indie podcasters, indie radio makers, who are going to share some part of their craft um, for the audience in an online webinar. Is it okay to ask what some of the who some of the people are that will be sharing their skills? Yeah, sure. So um, we have a local podcaster and radio maker named Devin Wilkins, <laughs> who's going to be doing a presentation on her process. Um, if folks are listening on Trent Radio, they might also have heard uh, Disenabled with Justin Evangelo um, on Mondays. Uh, he's going to be doing a presentation. Um, we have uh, the uh, editors-in-chief of Arthur Newspapers, the student newspaper here in Peterborough. Uh, they make a podcast and radio show called What's the Point? And so they've gone through a couple iterations of their show over the past year, and they're going to be presenting on how to find uh, your show's voice and how to find your show's uh, kind of personality and your own voice while you make it. Um, uh, other Trent Radio programmers, uh, we have Mary Sol campos Navarez. Uh She's uh, a Ph.D. candidate at Trent, and she uh, does a lot of research on indigenous communities in Mexico. Uh, so she's basically been doing a radio show where she collects uh, knowledge um, and broadcasts it, um, and she puts it up as a podcast as well. So she's going to be talking about her interview and uh, show preparation uh, um, workflow, I guess. Uh, another folk, uh, another person that we have is uh, Graydon Hathaway. Uh They do a show on Trent Radio uh, about the uh, Trent Radio Music Archive, and so uh, they're going to be showing us their editing process, how they use Audacity, and a tool called Soundtrap. Uh, we're also going to have a presentation by Marcus Mars from Mars Music. Uh, he's going to do a product demo and show us a bunch of microphones, uh, how to use them, tips and tricks for getting the best sound quality. Um, and so we'll also have PIT members uh, like Stephen Stamp and Carrie Jane McMaster. Uh, so Stephen Stamp does a show all about lacrosse in North America, and uh, he also makes a show with his partner, Carrie Jane, and, uh, and that show is called the Bluebird Sessions, uh, which is all about local music in Peterborough. Uh, so they're going to show us their recording setup and um, how they do that on the fly. Um, sorry, I'm doing this all off the top of my head, actually. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, maybe that, I'll, I'll leave that as a, as a treat. I apologize to whoever I'm forgetting <laughs> from the actual lineup. But, um, yeah, that, that's most of the presentations we're going to be having throughout that week in March 22nd. All right. Well, sounds like a, a really good lineup there. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm working with folks to try and get a good, like, representation of different kind of podcasting or audio production skills. So uh, there's going to be a mix of folks talking about interviewing skills, editing skills, recording skills. Um, yeah, and uh, so uh, nothing's going to be the definitive way on how to do anything, but I, I hope folks can attend and pick up some tools or pick up some knowledge on, like, how they might be able to approach Shows. Right. Okay. Now, will this these presentations be uh, one a day or two a day, or how how does one um, make sure that that uh, none are missed? Yeah. So uh, the full schedule is going up on our website this week, and it'll also be up on Facebook and going out to um, 
event publication kind of places. Um, mostly they're shaking it to one a day, and uh, they're kind of scheduled in throughout the day, morning, afternoon, and evening. Um, so you'll want to check the schedule to, to see what times are, are down there. And, um, and yeah, so we're going to have, they're all going to be uh, hosted on Zoom webinars. So you'll be able to uh, sign up on our website, uh, and you'll get notifications on when it's coming up. Uh, and so joining the webinar will get you access to ask questions or send in comments and just generally participate. Uh, but we'll also have a, a, a live stream available on YouTube uh, if you just want to tune in or catch the webinars after the fact. And uh, yeah, so that'll be on our YouTube, Peterborough Independent Podcasters. Yeah, okay. That'll be great. And uh, is there a, a fee to uh, be involved with this? No, so thanks to uh, a couple grants that we've received. So we've received funding, and maybe I'll just shout out our, our grant, the grants we've received from Rising Youth Community Service Grants and the City of Peterborough Community Projects Grants. Um, so we're able to offer the event series for free. Thanks to them. All right, that's great. So uh, March 22nd, that's a Monday. Yes, so all throughout the week, starting on March 22nd, going to the Saturday. All right, terrific. Uh, anything else uh, that uh, about the festival that I should have been asking you? Um, I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be a great time and a, a great. I, I'm I'm looking forward to learning a lot from our members as well. So, um, yeah, I hope people can uh, come check it out. All right. Well, um, have a, a great uh, week of March 22nd, and it'll be spring by that time officially. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> uh, so hopefully people will, uh, if it's a nice day, you'll be able to take your um, computer outside, whether it's a laptop or a, uh, either an iPhone or an Android. And uh, if not, you can enjoy it uh, from the uh, where it's nice and warm. Exactly. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks for having me today, uh, Devin. I really appreciate it. Okay, Aisha. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. That'll do it for us this week, folks. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, have a good one. Bye for now.